Welcome to The Daily Dharma, a podcast where we draw inspiration from Buddhist philosophy on how to fix and better our lives. Join us as we dig through the archives of Buddhist texts, great teachers, and real life to grab an extra hit of wisdom to lift us up from the daily grind and find much-needed peace. Hi everyone, welcome to The Daily Dharma. In this episode, we're going to be starting with a story called The Four Friends. Now, this is a very well-known Buddhist story, and it really talks about the priorities we have in life, and sometimes how we could feel pressure to care about certain things that are actually quite temporary in our lives. So I don't want to spoil too much, but there is a deeper reason why I want to bring up the story. But let me start there and then we'll go deeper. So once upon a time, there was a person and this person was at the nearing the end of their lives. They were old, their bones were super achy. They had lived a long and happy life, especially considering that they had four amazing friends. And when this person knew that the time of their death was near, They were really anxious to see if their friends would be there to support them and maybe even accompany them after death. Because wait, like, why not, right? You want to see if you are not going to be alone when you die. So anyway, so this person decides to pick up the phone and call friend number four. Now, and then when they pick up the phone, they say, hey, by the way, I'm not doing so well. I think I'm going to die soon. Can you come with me? And can you help me through this? Can you be there for me? And the friend responds, well, you know, the truth is I really appreciate you. You've really been there day in and day out. And I really, I know how much you cared for me and you supported me all these years. But the truth is, I'm so sorry, but I'm unable to be there beyond the moment of death. That's just, that's all I can do. I just can't. My hands are tied. I really wish I could, but I can't. And this was a really hard pill to swallow, but the person who was dying thought, okay, you know what? I don't have a lot of time anymore, so if you're not going to be there for me, that hurts, but I'm going to have to call other friends and see what they, they got offer. And this person, the friend number four said, okay, you know what? I wish you well. I'll be there until you die, but unfortunately I can't be there beyond that. And very upsetting, but without further ado, the person called friend number three. Now, friend number three was a little bit different to this request. And what they said when the person in question asked, hey, do you want to actually support me through my death journey and maybe even come with me after death? Because I know how much you, I know how much you've done for me. But friend number three says, hey, I will be there when you die and I will make sure you have the best funeral of all. I'll make sure that people really love your funeral, that they respect you, that they say good things about you. Like you're going to have the best funeral ever. But beyond the funeral, there's really not much I can do for you. And again, the friend was heartbroken. The friend asked, well, I mean, why can't you come with me after I die? Like, what is stopping you? Like, I've 
put so much time and energy into our friendship and yet you can't like come with me like what does this mean and friend number three says you know again I appreciate all of that but my hands are tied I cannot go beyond the funeral and that's as far as I can go but hey at least you're gonna have a great funeral and obviously the person in question was quite upset and they just said all right you know what I don't have a lot of time goodbye they cut the phone and they called friend number two and I think they were they realized you know what friend number four friend number three not so great you know um they have issues and I don't really understand why they're not going to come with me but I have so much more hope about friend number two and I don't know about friend number one but you know kind of the backup plan so this person calls for number two and friend number two pick up picks up and they ask them the same thing hey I'm not doing so well are you going to be there when I die are you going to take care of me are you going to come with me after I die are you going to help me actually move on and pass on and all of that and friend number two said listen I will be there at your moment of death and I will be there at your funeral and I'll probably think of you very fondly and do memorials in your name and charitable things I'll do all sorts of cool things for you after you're dead like deaded and gone but I cannot go with you when you die I just want you to know I will do everything but that that is the one thing I cannot do and my, again my hands are tied in that regard it's just the way things are and at this point they're just like you know what whatever seems that my three main best friends the people I love more than anything are not helpful so in a huff and a puff this person's like all right whatever bye and a little bit reluctantly I mean friend number one even though we call them friend number one is you know actually their oldest friend but they don't really talk that much and I think they really wanted friend number four or three or even two like they would just prefer anybody but friend number one so they call friend number one and they're like so I know we haven't talked in a while and I've been doing a lot of things but I've kind of neglected you and I hope you don't take that the wrong way and friend number one's like no I get it you've been busy there's been a lot going on in your life especially with friend number four three and two and so this person says listen I asked everyone everyone has said that they can't come with me after I die but I know this is a big ask but do you think you can and friend number one says absolutely I will be there when you die I will be there at the funeral and I will be there once you're ready to go I will be there for you and go with you in death to wherever it is that you will be heading after and this person was overjoyed but also felt a little guilty because I'm sure as everyone can tell when they're listening to the story these are not actual friends right because it's a little crazy to be like hey uh do you want to come with me after I die nobody's gonna ask me ask anyone that question right but these four friends are actually analogies for and metaphors for how we treat 
the different priorities in our lives. So friend number four represents your body. This is your vessel. This is the place that you live in, your house, your home every day. And because you see it, because it's visceral, it's physical, it's, it's, it's so close to you. You can't take your eyes off of it. It's, it's your body. But the truth is, when you die, you can't take your body with you. And of course, I'm going into a little bit of like the spiritual side in this episode. But I think no matter whether you believe in life after death or not, like your body cannot come with you. Like that's what zombies are. Zombies are kind of dead bodies walking. Haha, <laughs> I guess it's very much on theme for October and Halloween. But you can't take your body with you. And that's why friend number one can't do anything beyond the moment of death. Yet we put a lot of time and energy into our bodies. Friend number three is our wealth. This is the stuff, the fame, all of this stuff that we've accumulated over the years. It could make sure that we have a great funeral. But beyond that, we can't take it with us either. There are no legal rights to wealth after you die. After you die, legally, doesn't really belong to you anymore. You know, it's going to go to somebody else because you're not alive. So it can only go so far, really, when it comes to death. And then friend number two is actually your actual friends and family. So these are the people who love you, who care for you. But the truth is, they can't go beyond the funeral and they will think of you fondly they will probably keep you in their prayers and their thoughts but they can't do anything beyond that they there's no way that someone can die with you and then follow you in death but finally we get to friend number one and friend number one is your mind it's your energy it's your being at the end of the day it's you who's gonna be with you when you die and accompanying you to the next step. And what I really love about this story is that it kind of just neatly summarizes how much we care sometimes about the wrong things and we don't nurture the right things as much because it's natural. It's only natural to want to pay attention to your body because, hey, like, Spoiler alert, we live in a very aesthetically inclined society. If you look like a slob, people are going to judge you a certain way and you're not going to be employed or you're going to have a hard time socializing. And I think something that the spiritual realm tends to forget, and I don't understand why, is that social status really does matter in society. If we don't have a great status, which means caring for our body, having a strong circle of friends and family, and also accumulating your wealth, accumulating money, accumulating all these things, if you don't have anything, it can be really tough to live within society. And this is why um, in Buddhist and also non-Buddhist like uh, disciplines, a lot of people actually remove themselves from society because all of those pressures will inevitably push them in a way that can distract them and kind of take energy away from their spiritual journey. So really, what is the main message of 
this story? Well, there's a lot of things here to unpack. And I mean, I think the main thing that really resonates with me when it comes to this story is the fact that, you know, society really likes to push this narrative that we got to care about our bank balance, that we need to care for our bodies, that our friends or family or everything. Like, come on, like, look at any Hollywood movie. Every story is about how much you care about your family, how much you care about your friends. And this is not to say you shouldn't care for the people in your life. I think the main message of the story is to beware of neglecting yourself, neglecting your heart, your mind, your being. Yes, all these elements of your life are important, but at the end of the day, when you die, the thing that's going to go with you is your being. The thing that is going to really make your next stage better is for you to have a happier, healthier, safer sense of being. So really, it, I'm hoping that the story kind of inspires you and it serves as a reminder that we need to take care of our minds. We need to take care of our beings. That in the pursuit of everything that we think is success, we can't neglect ourselves. And if we do, we're going to feel empty-handed when death comes knocking because this is all that we carry forward. We don't carry forward anything else except ourselves. So we better make sure that we spend time every day feeling and thinking and being compassionate towards ourselves because that is what you're going to take with you. That's what's going to stick with you. Wherever it is you believe you go, after you die. So that kind of comes to the end of this episode. It's a short one, but I hope you enjoyed the story. And I hope you also like the fact that it is a gentle reminder to remember to take care of yourself and to prioritize how you feel and how you are, because that is what you're going to, you're going to take that once you pass away. Thank you again for listening to The Daily Dharma. If you'd like to follow me further, I have an Instagram account called the.daily.dharma. Um, yeah, it is. It, I know we're heading to October. It's spooky season, but I also hope you make some time for meditation and spiritual development. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back with another episode.